I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan, and welcome to The Mutant Ages. And what kind of show is The Mutant Ages, Maddie? That's a very good question, Ryan. It's a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and talk about how gay all of them are. <laughs> I mean, that's what the show has certainly <laughs> become since we started it two years ago. Yep. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. And all of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the animated stages. my god i remember anyway. when we first started this show right <laughs> we were like we're just gonna review every we're, adaptation of the x-men but that's no that's not where it started spiraled. it started with you and i going like let's just review x-men the animated series that's and true. then i was and like then you were like let's review right. every adaptation and then, and which, then after that i was reason, like i agreed to that which is its own thing but yes whatever. well you know we're keeping ourselves in business for a long time and then it just became about who was fucking who during the x-men so we're just gonna open up and jump right in with that because i mean this a warning gay app i mean i mean I, yes but not in like a sexy kind of way it's kind of like here's everybody's past relationships I mean, but i would agree in some respects but i also feel like fabian and magneto have like a pretty okay, gay vibe also whatever the fuck that guy is like gambit knows yeah okay i was so like i was like is that stuff. just his ex like what is happening <laughs> it, is. it definitely is so Whatever. Anyway, this is a show where we are watching X-Men the Animated Series. We are watching uh, first of a two-parter called Sanctuary, which was, I believe, supposed to be part of season three. So, so, so I guess you we said. need to do a little bit of previously on the X-Men here because we need to set okay. up what the heck is going on in this episode. So, so previously on the X-Men. I How, think where season- do you even start with that? Okay, first of all, we're in season four, and this is an episode that was supposed to be in season three. So... Uh, which but makes... I think the episodes that refer to Genosha were in season two or three. I'll look that up. I just forgot to. And so Genosha is basically this other country where mutants are being enslaved by humans, and that's legal there. That's right. all you really need to know. There is an episode where the X-Men go there and get kidnapped briefly. There's a very brief sort of flashback. Uh, thing in this episode that tries to review some of that and goes over a bunch of other episodes as well like basically magneto does his the, own yeah there's a moment here we'll get to that where he stole mr we'll sinister's tapes from the bushes also i want to point out that <laughs> this is important to know too one in season one everybody was fighting off senator kelly who was trying to ban right, mutant rights right. and he became the president and he became pro mutant rights right and in this there's a lot of back and forth between President Kelly and Charles Xavier. And also something to note is that in the Genosha episode, we discovered, I mean, we had already been introduced to the Sentinels, which were hunting down 
mutants and killing right. them. But I we, mean, that happens in the pilot episode of this entire oh, right. series. Right, but they are being dispatched from Master Mold, which is like this giant sentinel that pops out sentinels mm-hmm. out of its like sentinel vagina. Yeah, and, basically. Uh, they were in <laughs> Genosha. And this, this is where... Uh, I, it gets a little dicey in terms of like when this was fucking supposed to happen inside yeah, because like I don't fully get it either. because like the end of season one was master mold blowing up but then like he came but back he but went to the back. savage land or something but now they're all just back at genosha again so okay, but to be fair i don't think any of the sentinels in this particular episode are master mold they're just like bonus sentinels that the genosha characters that's just true you're, you're probably right but also wasn't genosha destroyed destroyed hold on like at there was a whole scene where sequence in season one where storm broke a dam and like literally destroyed the island so i don't really understand how all these people are still on the island that is correct but the other thing about this episode that's confusing to me is that every time they refer to genosha they call it either pre-genosha or re-genosha and i don't know why did you notice that i didn't notice that i was just kind of like time they're calling it something slightly different and i googled it and it's not from anything there's no (laughs) comics where it's called that so i think what they're saying is re-genosha and that this episode is supposed to take place in some sort of weird alternate x-men whatever fictional timeline they invented for the show where genosha was created again actually being destroyed no i just figured this out and this makes way more sense now so okay this whole season has been quintessentially about time travel and going back in time and changing the future and they oh, went far God, back and more no. than once that especially can't be why uh, listen i've got really i think so well it oh. has to be because like they fucked things up like oh. okay bishop and cable went back in time like 50 fucking times and fucked up the timeline a bunch of times to fix their future no, work. you're not wrong i mean we just did one man's worth we, so that makes I, more sense to me than anything else okay also i want to say that this episode is really the episode that we should have gotten to introduce magneto as opposed to all the other times where Xavier this just traumatized him. him. And yeah. I, I was just very pleased with Magneto's characterization in this. And I was like, okay, this is this, this, I mean, not to say that in the past episodes, we haven't seen Magneto's politics and understood what they are, but in this one, it's very, it's all about that. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it's finally, you know, yeah. and also like Xavier is there supporting him, even though he's pretending that he's not supporting him, but like, it's, Pretty obvious that Xavier wants to shack up with all of his exes in this episode, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so yeah. many of them. And it's like, I don't. It's funny. Everybody has a lot of exes that I, they're running I'm just going to assume <laughs> that Xavier psychically controls people to fuck him because who wants to fuck Charles Xavier, number one? I, I don't know. He's so manipulative as He a really is. It's just like, fuck this guy. So, I mean, we'll get to that, but it was really funny that both of his exes, in their own ways, were like, Xavier, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Like, I mean, that was, was actually very wonderful. funny that that was like a pretty significant they part were just of the like, episode. Hey, Xavier, remember that you're an asshole? And Fuck like, you. What are you doing here? And Xavier kept being like, like why did you come I'm here? I'm just going to stick around. Just anyway, I'm just going to keep staying here, even though nobody wants me here. Well, how did that work out anyway, for him? Well, we don't know, because this is this episode ends on a cliffhanger, actually. But That's we'll true. see in the next part how things pan out for Xavier it's and It's also Aguido. a very serious episode. It it's is. not... Okay, so, like, this episode is... There's no Wolverine, which I think contributes to how unfunny it is, because usually he's the one out here right, with yeah, the one-liners. Cracking. It's like him or Rogue just being like... Or like, Gambit. So, Gambit, interestingly, is in this episode, but he's so serious the whole time. 
time. It, it's like the most serious we've ever seen Gambit, which is really strange. Yeah, because she's going back to see his ex, which yeah. Rogue's picking up on. She's like, but who are you not get- like in a sexy way, like in a sad way. Yeah. It's- it's strange. It is. I mean, anyway, mostly it's about Magneto and Magneto's like political fight. Right. So that's interesting. That is very not interesting. Funny. It's and, just and no, it's up. not. It, and also with Gambit, like I feel like we have to see what his actual motive is here because you don't really know if he's going because he's kind of sick of the shit on Earth and how mutants are treated, or if he's like, yeah, Gambit being like something's fucking fishy here and i'm gonna figure out what it is because it's i think it's a combination of both but i guess we can talk about his motivations when we get to that all right let's get this started so okay we're opening up straight up in space again there's like an astronaut floating around there's some really cool music satellite that he's he's apparently disarming warheads i think he's russian satellite he is russian he has a russian accent and he makes a joke about how like americans are doing it wrong and i was like this is weird like why is a russian disarming warheads on a satellite it's, well this is like hot off the 80s so it kind yeah, of we're exactly. still so in like, like cold war stuff where it's like everybody's shooting missiles at each other from space and like that's what all this is about but it's fake i mean it's it's based in those assumptions as right to, like, well okay reality. you have to remember that like it was the ussr until what 1991 so and yeah. then so this is okay what what when is season three of x-men the animated well, series it's also like what it presumably takes place i mean this uh, this show ha- has already destroyed russia like right. canonically so who even fucking knows what the actual reality is oh because this came out in 95 to 96 so this is like a few it's years after USSR. it's after the fall of the ussr but it's still but like, it doesn't matter because like during that time people were in the 90s being like oh beware of russia so i mean that's course. that's why I mean, this russian like now yeah, yeah. It, i mean it's still I, like how people feel right um so anyway this guy is He's actually innocent for what it's worth. He's not like trying to do anything wrong to the satellite or something like that. That's not what's happening. He's trying to repair it. But then he gets sucked into some sort of mysterious beam. He's kidnapped, (laughs) essentially. I mean, not that we know what's happening. We don't know what's happening. And then we sort of see a cut over to, well, what we know is Asteroid M. But if you didn't know that, you'd just see this weird asteroid that like is covered in all of these buildings and like technological equipment. And you just sort of see this strange place out in space and you don't know what it is. Right. And then you go to the planet earth and you see a bunch of politicians arguing, I guess this is the United Nations. They don't I, actually that's what say I assumed that, it but was. it's what both of us assumed well, it was. Wasn't there a shot outside that showed a bunch of flags or something like that? Yeah. And they all have little placards in front of their right. names that say their countries. And as far as I know, that's what the UN looks like. It's what it looks like on TV. So it must be, accurate. this must be it. <laughs> And of course, everybody in the UN is screaming, is screaming about screaming what to do other, with mutants. Which I don't. Like, I don't think this is what the UN is like. Like everyone's screaming <laughs> I mean, over each other. I don't and know, no Maddie. Are you like, sure? I mean, have you watched modern day politics? It's it's gone it's from discussions to people just, just screaming. screaming. I, you <laughs> I'm <know> just what? <laughs> saying. <laughs> anyway, the UN depicts a bunch of people screaming at each other, and eventually, you he- overhear the. I guess United States ambassador saying something. He's got a Southern accent. So I'm like, I guess this guy is America. I mean, I that's a, I, I love so it when they try says, to do an American accent, which is just always Southern. It's Southern. Well, because this guy's supposed to be conservative as demonstrated by his positions. He's saying here. So he's yelling at the Russian ambassador and he's going armed satellites disappeared. And now the armed shuttle. And you're telling me you people know nothing about it. And the Russian guy is like, what about our missing aerospace scientists? I suppose we took them too. And the American guy's 
like, your stolen scientists were all mutants. Know what I mean? Perhaps you sold them into Genosian slavery. I was like, damn. I know. That was, I was not expecting that to come up on a children's show, but then I was like, well, here we are. This entire episode is just about to get real as fuck, like, right out of the gate. It really was. It's like somebody gets kidnapped, and then it goes straight to the union talking about mutant slavery, and that just sets the tone for the episode. Your scientists were mutants, you know what I mean? Like, even that alone, I was like, whoa. I was like, damn. Wait, but then the the Genosha person was like, "Yeah, the uh, it's not really slavery we just force them to work and they don't and then we put them in prison cells and we're like what the fuck okay yeah so that is basically what the genosian ambassador's line is there and then suddenly the ceiling crashes down on top of everybody and magneto shows up which is hilarious okay it's also like everyone's this sets off a thing where like they're like magneto is going to kill us all and it's like magneto's like no i'm just trying to peacefully remove mutants from earth that's like magneto don't show up to the un and destroy (laughs) the un and be like i'm here to speak peacefully and it's like people are screaming and dead because you killed them dude like (laughs) i mean whatever i love him me too like magneto seals the doors with his powers which again is threatening but like whatever he's amazing and he's like ladies gentlemen you have been chosen to witness the announcement of a momentous event in the history of our planet the liberation of mutant kind has begun too long have we suffered under the oppression of humankind. I've witnessed firsthand the barbarous treatment of mutants on your wretched little island. I will not allow this madness to continue. And this is and when he starts pushing. He like he puts on a tape that shows every episode of X Men any of the series ever. And I'm like, I don't know this how goes he's back. Playing this. Well, this goes back to when we were like, how does Callisto have this footage of the other episodes? And then why did Mister Sinister have it? So we're I just know. assuming so like, like basically Mister Sinister is pawning tapes on the villain black market <laughs> and being like, I've got all this footage of. The X-Men, like, let me just give it to everybody who needs it for any particular thing. And Magneto is just like, all right, I guess I'll take it for this PowerPoint I'm making for the UN. Yeah, right. Mr. Sister is usually just filming people for his own, like, jerk-off material. But yeah, then, like... But, like, he's got to make some money to, like, fund his weird spaceships and stuff that he has. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I mean, we've seen those before. So he, he makes that money by selling his illicit tapes of the X-Men on their various adventures. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> These clips that they show are actually pretty interesting. Like at one point, they, they it's like all building up to this one shot of like the cops shooting at Storm, which I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's basically just like a series of images of the X-Men like being oppressed and fighting oppression in various ways. But like that was like one of the shots they were building up to that I, like, I, I didn't I, expect. But I also think reason. there's like moments here Magneto's just kind of like, yeah, but the X-Men kind of fucked things up for us. So it's like, but Magneto, that's the only example you're using you're not using anybody of your own people like you're well, just like i mean he can't really because he doesn't really have like an organized team at least not yet. i mean so, sometimes he has mystique but mystique kind of is like why am i right? here i guess he does have like sort of a version of the brotherhood in the in these episodes but like i don't well, know I mean, Mystique's the brotherhood not in this episode so no she like makes a cameo but i do it, the thing with the negative is that he never really was supposed to have the brotherhood that was like a movie instigated thing and then then they, then after the movies they're like oh magneto and the brotherhood the brotherhood is like mystique's thing you know yeah. and it's always been her thing so i mean it is true that on this show he's usually running with saber tooth and mystique right. though right but he the, doesn't call it the brotherhood on this show I no but think. i think in in the past i think mystique 
has frequently worked with Magneto, but for right. her own ends. And they just, you know... Well, it, okay, they ruined all of that in the movies, and we've gone over that a thousand times yeah, I on know. this show. But whatever. Anyway, so the other hilarious thing about this is that somehow Magneto has the technology to broadcast this all over the world, which I guess is, like, sort of He probably borrowed that. He probably powers, rented that equipment from Mr. Sinister also. Yeah, he, like, rented broadcasting equipment because then there's a shot of Mr. Sinister watching the broadcast. But he looks bored as fuck, and also a <laughs> Apocalypse is there and he looks bored as fuck and I was like, wait, wasn't Apocalypse like lost in time? That's when you I was like, Maddie, when is this happening? I don't know. This was supposed to be in season. Okay, but it also showed like showed a shot of Storm's like kid and wife or whatever. Yeah, it showed like the unnamed African village that Storm (laughs) was in in the Whatever It Takes episode, which I looked up to be like, did they ever say where that was? And as far as I can tell, they didn't. They were just like Africa. Storm's ex-wife and child are also watching this broadcast, which is apparently being broadcast all over the world and the reason why Magneto is doing that is because he's telling all of the mutants that he's created this place called Asteroid M out in space and that he will take all mutants who want to go there with him and he's like set up all these checkpoints all over the world the first one is in Africa and then there's I, he doesn't I don't remember if he says where I, he think, says I don't something. remember if he says Genosha but he says he's gonna do oh, it no, the first one is yeah the first one is in Genosha there is one in Africa later because Black Panther's in, the, in that <laughs> yeah I mean why we'll not get to that but the first pickup point is is in Genosha and he's like I'm gonna do a bunch of pickup points people who want to come with me to Asteroid M can come with me so then he floats away and then the shot shows that the X-Men were just in the back of the room the entire time am I crazy or was that just like Wait, shown were like, they where were the x-men in that shot at the end they were in like the war room at the okay i thought they were X-Mansion. at the un and no, like, no 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 they weren't they were sitting there hilarious and then all, the only line we get there is xavier like longfully looking at magneto being like oh magnus we have been through so much together but i'm still right bitch and it was like okay xavier say that he says can my failure be so complete which is like him suddenly making it about himself but also being like admitting that he failed which i thought was sort of interesting like he considers magneto abandoning society to create a mutant utopia a failure on his xavier's part well, but i feel like he feels like he's feeling magneto not you know mutant kind i mean maybe but i think he probably does feel on some level like this is a sign that his attempts to create peace between mutants and humans have failed because now so many mutants are suddenly like yeah let's get the fuck out of here like right. if things were good for mutants on earth they wouldn't feel the need to leave but right clearly they do i mean clearly and then meanwhile there we get a shot of a bunch of mutants trying to get tickets to get on a rocket ship or something i don't really understand yeah, what so was happening in that to get scene. to asteroid m they're like at one of these pickup locations which i don't know how magneto like put these together so fast <laughs> but there's just a building that mutants can go to now where they can get tickets to go to asteroid m and they're like fighting over them and everything like they want to get out off of planet earth so badly and meanwhile there's like a ton of anti-mutant protesters outside so it's very like you know tense politically essentially it's very it's a strange situation because they're like get the fuck out of here mutants but also like stay here so we can yell at you and it was like okay this is a sums up society real well real realistic that's what i'm saying it was like (laughs) it like makes no logical sense i i don't know it's like not so different from how we treat illegal immigrants where we're like we need you to stay here and like work underpaid horrific jobs but also we hate you and you're illegal and we want to kill you yeah it's like it's basically the same shit we already do so yeah pretty much uh so meanwhile back at the x mansion gambit is doing a bunch of like hacking on a computer into asteroid m or something yeah he's he's like like googling all of his 
taxes, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Except he's mostly just looking through all of the Asteroid M attendees, like people who bought tickets to go there right. to see if he knows anyone. And then he finds his a picture of his ex, Byron Callie. Also, Byron Callie's name is misspelled on the screen, which I thought was really funny. Oh, I didn't but... even notice that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they spell it Brian, even though they call him Byron for the entire episode, and that's his actual name. But anyway, it says Brian Callie. Luckily, Gambit figures out that it's Byron. He, he sees a face. There's facial pictures, so he's got yes. that helping him. Yeah, it's like yeah, when yeah. you misspell your own name on Facebook, and if you do that on Facebook, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then Gambit is talking to Beast, who's like up in the ceiling doing a bunch of technological repairs of whatever, and we don't know what yet. He's going to explain it in a second. And so Gambit is like, what do you think they're doing up there? Like referring to Asteroid M. And Beast is like, much as I'm doing right now, I suppose. Magneto had access to the advanced tech he found in the Savage Land. No doubt they're adapting it to their own uses as we are adapting these Shi'ar devices to achieve Earth orbit. So apparently that's what they're doing, except I don't actually know if they... Well, that explains where he got all that technology from. I guess, yeah. Also, wait, that's how he got all the tapes of the X-Men, because he, like, took over Mr. Sinister's lair. Oh, that does make a lot of sense. Or was it yeah. the other way around? No, it's a, no, but he was there. Well, whatever. Well, Mr. Sinister turned into the beach, remember? He just turned into <laughs> sand. Okay, a sentence that... <laughs> I can't even believe you just said that. Okay, wait, I, but that doesn't know that's make what, sense, because uh, Mr. Sinister's in this episode, and is just, like, in the rest boom, of the show. Like, they never explained... <laughs> or also, why did he turn into the beach? Also, <laughs> a statement that sounds crazy to say. It's like, remember... It's like, you're casually like, well, at the time, Mr. Sinister turned into the beach, but okay, I don't know how he showed back up again. Wrong, it was like... Though. no. You're not, not that's what happened. Okay. I like forgot about how crazy that was. Okay, okay but the Savage Life episodes were like saying that, insane. that like timeline wise that makes no sense because Mr. Sinister like exploded and then absorbed himself to the Savage Land and then just is in episodes later with no one questioning it at all and being like didn't we kill you like at no point does anyone point that out no they don't whatever okay so after all that rogue casually walks by holding what i'm assuming a huge rocket or something (laughs) i was like i love rogue she's like casually walking by she's like what are y'all talking about over here hon and i was like okay (laughs) yeah also i want that i I want that i want rogue carrying a giant missile to be like a poster i can frame because that is fantastic it would be great, but like well drawn, not just like the crappy screenshot of this show. No, like someone, a, like a, someone can draw somebody that can us. make a fan art and send it into us mm-hmm. at themutantages at gmail Thank Please you. Please do that. We're not good at this. Do it for us. <laughs> anyway, Gambit is like, what for? These mutants are scientists, not soldiers. Why'd they join up with Magneto? And then Rogue puts down the rocket, and she's like, I reckon they got tired of getting beat up and treated like dirt. Still no reason to pack up and leave. But the voice actress does a really good delivery of that last sentence where she sounds like she doesn't believe it. Like she says, like, that's no reason to pack up and leave. But in such a hesitant way that you're kind of like, Rogue's considering leaving. Like you can tell that she's considering it. Of course she is because Rogue has... They all are. And that's kind of what this conversation is, which is I think Rogue is in the next episode, if I recall correctly. I think Rogue goes and saves the shit out of everybody. I hope so. So Gambit is like, I don't know, Cher, if we stay here fighting all the time and things don't get much better. And then Beast is like, Gambit's point has a certain validity. Despite our most earnest efforts, we seem to spend more time fighting for our lives and for mutant rights. And Rogue is like, you thinking about moseying 
looking skyward and Gambit's like, just thinking out loud, Cher, you know Gambit would follow you anywhere. And then she immediately flies away and is like, I, I can't handle relationships. I gotta get I out know. here. And she's like, I told you, Gambit, I can't fuck. You can only look, but no touch unless you want to touch. I mean, I can't do this right now. <laughs> yeah, so that happens. And so then over in Xavier's office or whatever, he's like Skyping with President Kelly. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point that this is like 1995 and there's a lot of video phone calls happening there on are, this show. Which apparently like Xavier and the president have the technology to do, but I'm not sure anyone else did. Whatever. Right. Uh, so Xavier is explaining any hostile action against Magneto now could start a nuclear holocaust. And President Kelly's like, don't you think I know that? But people are scared and Magneto's got missiles up there. He says they're defensive, but how can I take that chance? And Xavier's like, I know Magneto. He won't lie to me. And if I can talk to him, then we can find a peaceful solution. You know, and that, as soon as Xavier said that, I was like, oh my no, God. you don't. He's like, he's like, he's like, I know Magneto. He won't lie to me. I only lie to him. But you know, he's going to be happy to see me. And it's like he's not it's I mean, like that's not wrong magneto won't lie to him xavier will lie to magneto that yeah. is completely accurate so the president is like okay you've got 12 hours and beast is then shown to have been in the room this entire time after they hang up the phone call and beast is like great i'll get the rest of the x-men and xavier's like actually i think you and i should go by ourselves because the full team could provoke him this is a peace mission it's not a combat mission right and then they're like, we're going to go to Africa to one of the drop-off locations, which again, they just say Africa. They don't even specify they, a country. You, we're just going to go to the general know, area of Africa. of Africa. It's a relatively small <laughs> continent. Yeah, we're on, just going to hit up Africa. We're just like, going to see just stop by. We're just going to hang out. You know. And then just leave, you know. So they get on the X-Jet. And when they get there, Gambit's there waiting. And he's suddenly like, I want to go with you to the asteroid. And Rogue interrupts him and is like, what's going on, Swamp Boy? And Gambit's like, don't worry, Cher. Gambit's got no bags packed. And then he like kisses her on her gloved hands. And they yeah. have this little cute moment where she's like, you coming back, Cajun? And he promises her. And then they all get on the jet and Rogue just stares at them looking really worried. That and like gone. sad as the garage door closes. Also, I guess Gambit and Rogue are dating at this point because that's kind of... I guess. So I feel like they're still doing this weird will they won't they thing though because she flew away before when he was like trying to talk to her. I mean, I feel bad for Gambit because whenever I know. because whenever the man he has goes to blue balls, but also he kind of doesn't because well, he's, no, like, he can get laid anywhere. No, he can who he can fuck whoever he wants. But I think I feel bad for Gambit because he's so patient with Rogue, who like is like, oh yeah, I really want this. I don't really know if I want this. Don't leave me, Gambit. I don't want this right <laughs> now. I can't. Like, it's for like fuck's sake. Like I've got other partners. Like what is happening? Yeah, here? like Gambit's like, don't worry, Chef. We could do like the Polly thing, you know. <laughs> they're already doing it i mean that's true i mean that is what all the x-men are let's be real i know they're (laughs) all in a polycule are they even poly or are they just all fucking like you know there's a big difference you know that is a fair point (laughs) i don't think they're communicating well enough to be poly honestly (laughs) i I mean that is true (laughs) and and whenever there's a real relationship develops they probably xavier probably just rolls and he's like oh i can't have that he just like wipes their memory Xavier is just breaking everybody up secretly being like they all do better in combat if they're fighting anyway we're in Africa there's African music it's Black Panther's randomly standing there and like, like watching the, the ship take off I know and it's back when Matt, like Black Panther still had a cape so yes, I was like a little cape which yes. I had forgotten about but that was a pretty standard look for him for a very they long show time him twice they show him in this shot he has no lines by the way he's just sitting on a rock like an actual panther like lounging 
sexily and they show him yeah, you know how panthers lie around sexily i mean i don't know that's what t'challa is doing in this shot and so then later they show him again on the same rock and it's like what is he doing i don't know <laughs> whatever well so whatever anyway. this episode's not about black panther it's about the I guess x-men it kind of I, I mean i'll try to justify it by saying it kind of makes sense that if he's the king of wakanda maybe these are like there's some wakandan mutants or something who are leaving the region and he's like kind of watching over them or something right. i mean it kind of follows it's not explained in the episode whatsoever but anyway there's a ton of mutants who are just standing outside at this drop-off like point in the desert waiting for magneto to show up and then he finally does in this like huge metal I don't ship even, thing? how do you even fucking describe this thing i don't know how to describe it it's like four separate ships that are interlocked with it like looks, an electronic pulse what, it's because it kind of looks crazy. like a oil mining machine but like yeah. giant and can fly and go into space that's yeah. the best way i could describe that he pulls up and he's like come my children into the transport and i'll take you to your salvation and then they all get in and then xavier rolls up and <laughs> magneto's like charles xavier i assume you have come to dissuade me and charles is like i simply wish you to, to consider the consequences of your actions your separate mutant nation will solve nothing the world distrusts your motives every government on earth is on full military alert and Magneto's like, the irrational anxieties of human governments are not my concern, Charles. Now, I have an appointment on Genosha, an example, I believe, of humans and mutants working together, which he says, like, super sarcastically. And oh, I was my like, God. I fucking love him. I anyway, know. Magneto, from this point forward, well, okay, from the sense he's second he walked in, he's been pretty fantastic. <laughs> he's been, like, but now, on point. Well, but now he's, he's, like, given all the fucking sass and snark that Xavier fucking deserves, and it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So then he's like, Magneto is like, care to join me? All mutants are welcome on Asteroid M, even X-Men. And Charles is like, very well, Magnus. It will give us a chance to talk. And they all get on the transport together where there's no seatbelts, which is <laughs> By the crazy. way, no seatbelts. And then there's this weird synthesizer. And like Magneto, it turns out, is the person who's powering these ships. Like he just stands in the middle of them and then uses his powers to fly them into the air. And like as he's using his powers to carry these four huge ships he's like groaning and looks like he's in pain and xavier's like that's odd he appears to be weakening which is obviously an important <laughs> xavier's like point. that's odd i only hear him make those noises when we're in bed <laughs> why is he doing that now why does he hmm. do that while he's flying through okay by the way i don't know how he's flying through space without any kind of equipment to protect I him i know it makes no we'll just sense. leave that alone <laughs> so they get to genosha and then Magneto does a little pep talk to the mutants of Genosha and is like, you'll no longer suffer under the yoke of your human masters. Cast off your bonds. And then suddenly a bunch of floodlights go on and a ton of military okay, people and robots are there. This gets fucking uh, like oh, I know. This, real this as shit. Ridiculous. But I also love this whole scene because I was not expecting it to happen. So yeah. basically like they show up and they're like, no, you can't freeze. The, you can't take the slaves. They're ours. And they're yeah. not going to, they're not going up to asteroid M with you. So they start fucking shooting missiles and shit at them, and like this giant fight ensues. And Magneto yeah, and starts that's like when we see the acolytes who are sort of like Magneto's asteroid M X Men team, right, right? And they come like flying out to they have little help Magneto. Meanwhile, yeah. Magneto's like straight up just killing everybody that's like enslaved. I was just kind of like, I am loving all of this right now. This is like, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like I, you know, Storm already did this, but now Magneto is doing it in the most Magneto a way that we all know and love where he's just kind of like he's like i'm gonna fucking kill the oppressors like 
and later on in this episode too there's a point where they're like oh magneto wants to kill humans and Magneto's like i actually don't want to kill humans i just want to kill humans that are like fucking killing mutants me directly yeah like you know and i i was like i feel you magneto i do and also during this giant fight scene where everybody's like straight up murdering each other beast is calmly like just like it seems like magneto has somehow angered people in this polite confrontation and i was like i was like fuck <laughs> off beast do you not see what's happening like what the fuck I know. try and fighting like, beast doesn't participate in the fight he just sits there and like holds xavier because xavier's wheelchair immediately gets broken by a robot and so then he like <laughs> i didn't even notice that happening but that's beast amazing the entire time and then gambit meanwhile is throwing cards and is fighting like right. he's out of course there, he's he like i'm fucking doing this but beast isn't helpful which is too bad like i feel like he should have just set xavier down somewhere but i guess right. he can't do that because he has to make sure xavier stays alive right anyway whatever. so uh, then the acolytes like come run out mutant cameos uh, yeah I didn't and they all down. come out and they're all screaming long live magneto and they're murdering the the slave owners and then yes. some slave owner bitch like comes flying out she's like we have to release them is, it's, but, i don't think she's yeah. a real character she's like release them now in which a bunch of sentinels come up they like pop out of the ground suddenly and there's like three sentinels and it's kind of interesting because it's sort of hard to tell in this fight who's winning and I would say, like, maybe the mutants are losing, at least until Fabian Cortez shows up and then does this weird thing where he suddenly supercharges Magneto's powers. And then Magneto, like, rises up and shoots this huge electromagnetic pulse at the Sentinels, and then they all fall down. And then Fabian goes back to him and is like, you're rejuvenated, my lord. Now you may destroy the human tyrants once and for all. And this is the part you were talking about where Magneto is like, I've come to rescue my people, not to avenge them. Yeah, and I, I love that. And, like, yeah. it keeps on coming up because it this is... It comes up again and again because it's a big theme in because this Because Fabian Cortez is, like, all about straight up killing humanity. Yeah, he's a little bit hyped about killing humans which is sort of sympathetic but he obviously whatever right. we'll get to it when we get and, to and it so and so he reveals that he has the power to heal him but or like seemingly heal him like he's he's not just healing magneto he's right. like making magneto's powers stronger which is obviously suspicious yeah it's like, I, I, what and, is going and, on here and we don't know what's happening this is also when we get a cameo of mystique being freed on genosha which is like she'd already been freed on genosha once before and it's like all but those same you know characters what? i'm starting to believe you about the stupid one man's worth episodes destroying everything and like causing the entire universe to reboot or something because, yeah like, i mean that's the I only way i could walk away from sense. this making any kind of sense even if it came out and season three uh, well, there yeah. had already been time travel shit that but had I happened think, I but think one man's worth was probably also supposed to be in a different order as well like who even knows that's you know? true this is like i don't know season four seems to be like the production nightmare world for x-men like, the animated series is just like a hodgepodge of episodes that they were like we were going to release these earlier or in a different order but now they're out now and they're season four they, i don't i mean they were in this weird period where they're like okay this is gonna be your final season i guess and then they're like oh we have one more season and we have to change everything so yeah i know i feel pretty bad for them but the result is that this is very confusing and mystique is getting saved again for no real reason yeah whatever so, so then gambit then they- reunites with his ex-boyfriend whatever the fuck his name byron yeah so they go to asteroid m together and then gambit meets byron and byron's like remy long time when did you sign up and gambit's like i'm just having a look around byron and is like very cool towards him yeah and and byron is sad and then gambit sees fabian cortez walking into another room and just is like eyeing it and, and being like hmm what's up with this guy right and inside that room magneto is like gasping for breath and like collapsing on the ground and fabian is like 
the journey has fatigued you, my lord. Let my power heal you again. And then shoots another beam at him. Okay, by the way, every single time he heals Magneto, it's, it's super sexual. sexual. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, here, let me just here, rejuvenate lord. you. Here, my lord. And he shoots him. And then Magneto, every time he's like, uh, uh, uh. and I'm like, okay, so like, is this just like the superpower version of a blowjob? Because that's what I'm getting. I guess here. I got kind of like a vampire vibe from his character as well, like a very like yeah, a sexy I mean, vampire. Well, like, we've already like established this with both Sauron and Rogue, right? I mean, it's a similar type of character where it's like he has the ability to heal people, but he also has the ability to like take or their so we think away. we don't know what's yeah, happening. It's yet. Interesting. Um, so he's clearly like a character with his own motivations. Uh, Right, so but meanwhile, Beast is like Beast standing and there. Beast are overlooking all of this, and Beast is like, he's not healing Magneto so much as recharging him. And Xavier's like, yes, I fear Magneto may come to depend on it like a drug. Right. And then he rolls up. He's like, Magnus, we must speak. You are dangerously overexerting your powers. And Magneto's just like, whatever, bitch, get away from me. <laughs> Yeah. And then Magneto's like, please join us for dinner. We have a world to create. And is like suddenly in a really good mood and is like leading everybody out of the room dramatically. And then we run into Amelia Vogt, who, who is we had met in ex. season three and a flashback. I, guess, I don't even remember. So she is the nurse who helped Charles regain the use of his legs, kind of? I mean, the, the first time? I mean, I don't know, because in that so flashback like we, sequence... Yeah, wait, okay. do you remember it, that? Because it, it was Xavier explaining, like, his past or whatever. I don't. I think it was Xavier, but it was Xavier's past. It was, like, a flashback sequence in which he lost the, like, ability he to walk, like, his legs, nine fucking times. Lost, and it was like, wait... Yeah. It was crazy. But then we didn't even see the one that like actually made him lose his legs permanently. And it was like, I don't know. And it, by this the way, he's walking again in the comic books, just so everyone knows. So, yeah, it's listen, Charles <laughs> is I, a mystical here, being who has the ability to walk when the writing calls for it. No, I don't think he's a mystical being. I think he actually can walk <laughs> all the time and he's pretending that he can't. He's like, oh no, I just like lost the like use of my legs. He just and it's really like, likes being carried like a princess. I, I mean, he loves pretty it when much. Holds him. And, and it's like insulting people who actually can't walk, basically. I don't know. I know that has been your theory for a long time because you hate <laughs> Xavier and I've heard it before and I'm sure you're not the only person who has this theory because he's a very manipulative character. I personally don't have that theory. I think it's just a really overused plot point where well, no yeah, writer like Jean, can decide. Like dying and coming back to life 50 fucking exactly. times. Exactly. It's the same thing where they're like it's almost a joke at this point that Xavier is going to lose the use of his legs again. And like, I actually think that's shitty in its own way to like constantly have that be a plot yeah. point and like presented in that way. But whatever. Anyway, it so doesn't matter. The, the point is Amelia was a nurse and they fell in love like decades it's ago. Just, so and she's, she's here. She doesn't have any lines yet. And Not then, yet. Fabian Cortez is like pledging himself to Magneto and he gets on his knees and Magneto's like, get off your knees. Only Xavier can do that for me. And then fucking Byron's like standing there being like, Say the something. repairs to the NASA shuttle are nearly complete. He says the astronauts will be ready to depart right, in 12 human. hours. Yes. And then Fabian interrupts to be like, you have humans here. And He's like, fucking like, kill them right now. And yeah. Magneto's just like, no. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> he does that later. He he for the moment he just angrily is like, Of course, my lord. When Magneto's like, they're guests, don't be a fucking weirdo. Right. So so then we cut we cut to dinner, which by the way, Magneto's okay. wearing like a Nothing. silk sexy pajama set. Like he's everyone is dressed like, up, but he's wearing like this open pajamas, just pa open like, chest, it's like bare silk, chest pajamas. Like, I was like What is happening? I mean, like, I'm glad you're comfortable. But you're like, but are like, you planning to fuck on? everyone at the table? Because that's what I'm getting right now. 
Okay. So then he like raises his glass and he's like, to freedom. And then everybody drinks. And then Magneto's like, as a great man once said, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And that's because they're about to be attacked. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like a bunch of... uh, fucking satellites coming in that are closing in on their position and byron like sees it and he starts panicking and magneto generates a bunch of electromagnetic beams to like toss the satellites away from them and he's I mean, like i guess it just kind of looks like everything like fades away and disappears i didn't yeah, really understand what was happening in that animation them. i think he just pushes them away based on what he says right next. and then and then fucking fabian cortez this is, is like where fabian is like fucking kill them punish yeah, again, them for their aggression again. and Magneto's like no i'm no? not doing that like by <laughs> the way it's like Fabian Cortez came to space to start screaming about like how humans should all die, but it's like they're not even on the same planet's fucking territory. They could do whatever the fuck yeah, they, they want. Yeah, like, like he should, he needs to chill out at this point. It's like kind of ridiculous. So Fabian is like, great, then make an example of the astronaut, which is like absurd. Like the astronauts didn't do anything, and he's like, they're humans. He's just so, fucking okay. Kill them. No, he just basically suggested to do like an execution live for everybody to watch, like mm-hmm. down on Earth, and it was like, no, dude, calm the fuck down but for the moment everybody all the mutants are freaked out because humans did just attack them so xavier rolls up and he's like non-mutant humans perceive this colony as a threat they're acting out of fear and then byron discovers something and he's like sir they're acting out of self-defense one of our own missiles was launched prior to the attack right magneto is like what i gave no such order and then fabian is like humans will not rest until every mutant has been destroyed they must be taught a lesson and magneto is like shut the fuck up and then he's like byron please offer an apology and an offer of restitution to the president and advise him that there'll be no further aggression on our part because it's like ridiculous and it's also already really obvious that fabian must have been the person who said i mean the it's missile. like who else would it be because this one dude reason, is like screaming that it would yeah. be really funny if it was like it turned out to be amelia yeah that would have been interesting it isn't though anyway gambit and beast are walking down a hallway it's funny you should mention amelia because that's what that's about to happen gonna be so gambit is like it's starting to get interesting up here What's with the professor? Yeah, Gambit's like, he's like, what's with all the sexy exes that, you know, Xavier and Magneto both have here? Yeah, and Beast is like very observant, which I thought was funny because it was like the most obvious exes that have ever exed because like I know. a million Xavier just like got into this epic standoff of like silent treatment in the. They, I fucking... mean, they still haven't even said anything yet. So like Beast is like, her name is Amelia Vote. They met in a hospital in India. Xavier was bitter and frustrated. He just lost the use of his legs battling Magneto and Amelia was his nurse. Blah, blah, blah. Goes on and on. I mean, we saw this before, yeah, but basically we like and we've already explained it a few times now. Yeah. It, it, he says Amelia hated being a mutant. She wanted the professor to live a private sheltered but, life see, with now her. That is new information to us yes. because the previous we time didn't we didn't know mutant. she was mutant, but now we do. So now we're like, oh. Well, what's her deal, so... Yeah, which is interesting. And then she told Charles that there wasn't room in his life for both her and the X-Men. When she left, it was as if a part of Charles had been destroyed. He sealed away his emotions and lived only for his X-Men. Pretty unhealthy, Charles Xavier. I mean, Maybe I you agree. Maybe have sealed away your emotions, but okay. But that's that's a classic Charles Xavier move. He's like, you know... If you're just feeling like these are bad emotions, I'm just going to brainwash you and just don't worry about it. But he does it to himself. It's like, dude, don't fucking do that. You know, okay, this is not related to the X-Men, but do you know who else pulls this shit? 
is fucking Yoda in Star Wars. Like, yeah. if you go back and watch, like, those old movies, like, not the old ones, but, like... I feel like it gets worse as it goes along, actually. But it doesn't matter. That's not what the show's about. You know, anyway. it's not. Anyway, uh, that after Darth Vader shows up on Asteroid M, um, Amelia <laughs> and Xavier approach each other. Yeah. Um. So Amelia's like, what do you want? And Xavier's like, it's been a long time. And Amelia laughs, and she's like, is that the best you can do? What are you doing here? I get a chance at a new life, so you want to screw this one up for me, too? And Xavier's like... I didn't ruin your life. I wanted to make our lives, the lives of all mutants, better. And Amelia's like, well, I've got news for you, Charlie. You failed. Your X-Men's fight for mutant rights has made it impossible for mutants to live quietly anywhere on Earth. Magneto may have built Asteroid M, but you made it necessary. And, That's that is an interesting uh, politic, and we can is, we can address we can that in the it, politics but, section, and we can come back to that. But that is a very interesting politic. It is. I don't agree with her, which made me kind of sad. Mean, I, I don't agree with her either. But <laughs> I also I was, like, psyched that somebody was against Xavier. But then I was no, like, I don't I, really agree. I, listen, with you. we're we're so close to the end, and I'll explain to you why I I don't agree with her. But I see what her perspective is. So totally, yeah. I yeah, I think I'll be on your same page. So then, um. They agree that they don't have anything more to discuss. And Magneto walks into his room and sees Fabian Cortez waiting for him in there and is like, to what do I owe this visit? And Fabian is like, you don't seem surprised, Lord Magneto. And then Magneto just suddenly flings him against the wall with his powers and like goes, certainly not. It was you who launched the warhead, you reckless young fool. Oh yeah, Magneto's ready to fucking kill this dude. Yeah, and Fabian is like, coward, you like humans eat at your table. And then Magneto's like, I rule here. I will not tolerate you endangering my asteroid. And Fabian's like, I renounce you. And Magneto's like, you renounce me? And then Fabian (laughs) uses his powers on magneto and like takes away magneto's powers and so he's like you know suddenly on the ground can't move can't do anything and fabian is like you exhausted your power on genosha old man i've sustained you and i can destroy you you don't have enough power to hold your own molecules together and soon you'll fade away into nothing and then he walks out of the room but not before grabbing this weird little key on the ground and like using the key on this control panel outside the room to like shut an airlock outside Magneto's bedroom and then shunt it all off into space, like yeah. just Magneto's bedroom, which is apparently an option on Asteroid I, I mean, M. I guess so. I wish I, sure. I hope we get that as a bedroom when we go to Asteroid M and stay there I for know, the weekend. Right? So then Fabian turns around and starts screaming help at like no one. And then Beast and Gambit run up to him and are soon followed by everybody else. And then Fabian is like, traitors, they've destroyed my beloved Magneto, like pointing at Beast and Gambit. Yeah. And Amelia's immediately like, Charles, what have you done? And Charles is like, what do you mean? And Beast <laughs> is like, when we arrived here, we saw only Cortez. And Cortez is like, liars. I saw them jettison the chamber. Assassins. And then Gambit looks around and he's like, Gambit, think we're outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gambit. Cortez just screams, vengeance for our lost Lord Magneto. And then we get a to be continued while we see Magneto's bedroom flying I off into space. flying off into space. Yeah. And Magneto just is dead, I guess. I guess he'll never come back. Da da da. Da 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 da. So that's okay, that so episode. Higher episode is politics. Going back to that point that we were just talking about, Amelia. Yeah, sure. Okay, because that's still fresh on my mind because we were just talking about that. So she's basically saying the X-Men have prevented mutant rights from moving forward because they can't live quietly because the X-Men are sitting there protesting and fighting for their rights. Right. And where there's others who are not doing this, doing that, and they just want to live peacefully, but they can't do that anymore because of what the X-Men are doing. Now, she is in the wrong here uh, because, (laughs) 
you have to get up and fight. She's sort of arguing in favor of being closeted and yes, like yes, playing yeah. by the rules and never pushing too hard for rights and being like, well, if we just, you know, went quietly. I mean, this is an argument that people make a lot about well, I, a lot I, of see, different things. Uh, my thing is that like the part that I do understand is that oftentimes when you're dealing with people fighting for the rights, which is really important, sometimes it goes too far. And I think that's what she's thinking. And in the X-Men's case, I wouldn't say that is what's happened on this show anyway. But, you know, it's like, well, I remember... this episode is actually about this exact thing in the form of Fabian Cortez, but we can get to that in a second. Well, okay, so, like, the, the an example that I could think of, because, like, I am part of the LGBT community, obviously... And, like, have been for a very long time. But growing up during a time where, like, you know, we couldn't come out of the closet yet, the people that were in Fighting for Rights, thank you for doing that. But, like, how it's evolved over time, and sometimes it's, it's it would get to the points where, like, there would be certain people that would be like, if you don't want to deal with gays, fucking, we're going to fuck right here in the street. It's, like, kind of like, <laughs> it's, like, sometimes yeah. it could go a little too far. And, like, you know, obviously, like... I'm not condemning any of that because I am gay and supporting of this like community, but some, I, I can get it where sometimes yeah. like people, I, mean, I guess it maybe is controversial to say, but I, I, I agree that like some of the sex positive movements end up treading too close to forcing people to non-consensually engage with some right. sort of sexual and that, content and, that's and being not, like, no, I have to do this because it's pride for me. And it's like, no, you might just be forcing people to engage with sexual content that they maybe don't want to see or is like maybe traumatic for them to see and like isn't something they're opting into right now. Right, exactly. And th- that's, that's that. kind of like how I feel like that's what Amelia's perspective is a little bit here. But in well, this particular she case, she's wrong, wrong and that's not what's <laughs> happening. But like, I, can't, I get what that what that yeah. thought process is supposed to be, but it comes across weirdly on this show. It's, so well, I think we're supposed to think she's wrong because right. I think that ultimately we're supposed to see Xavier as a hero and the X-Men as fighting for their rights in a world that is oppressing them. And I think we're supposed to see her as sort of an apologist for like conservative values. Yeah, which I, I is agree. Sadly, also very common, like in the gay community, many other communities where like you, especially with like white cisgender gay men or rich gay men who are like, we just want to get, married and now we have marriage equality and we just want to be like left alone and basically treated the exact same as straight people and we don't care about other people's fights like for trans people or whatever else like that's totally a thing where there are people gay people even who would just be like we just want to be normal just like straight people and have straight people's rights but we don't want to push for anything more than that and like that's kind of what her argument reminded me of a little bit that and people who are just like closeted or like why do you have to make such a big deal out of this i just want to be like anyone else and not have my identity matter and it's like yeah but at the same time you can't really get away from who you are because if people are prejudiced against you for that then what are you supposed to do you can't you can't just live a quiet no and also like here's here's the flip side about this and it's like the irony here is amelia is saying this but she has already fucking left earth because she has given up so it's kind of like if you really want to live quietly on your own why did you go to the place that like is perceiving as a threat to earth right now yeah it is interesting and it's also interesting that they i I mean i like that they have this character here i think i I mean i do too i think presenting a strange but possibly realistic point where she's almost like you've pushed me to do this like i don't want to be here with all these fucking freaks because i'm judgmental of them but like (laughs) but i'm also a freak like you ruined my life it's weird it's it's like 
I don't know. I think sometimes real people do have conflicting emotions like that and do like make those kinds of impulsive, strange decisions because she's already shown to have done that by breaking up with Xavier because he was found in the X-Men, which is essentially like, it's sort of understandable. Like if you were dating somebody and they were like, I'm going to create a vigilante group to like fight against the government, you might be like, I'm not down for that. I know. That sounds really fucking dangerous. I don't want to do that. I just want to like marry you and live a quiet life. But in Xavier's case, he's like, you know, mutants are getting killed every day or enslaved or whatever. These are hate crimes and I can't sit quietly by. And like for better or worse, like I can understand that, but I can also understand not wanting to be a part of it and being like, I can't do it. Okay, but here, here's here here's the problem with her theory is that she's like, I don't want to do that. But Xavier's the one who's all been like, let's just fucking bow down to humans and peacefully wait for them to like and it, but so the person she's like she's like that was too dangerous and ruined my life so i'm here with magneto yeah, who's like going to magneto. kill the mutant oppressors like you yeah. know it's kind of like amelia what are like if you just want to like really what it is that she wants to shove in xavier's face that yes, she's like mad at him that is exactly what but I she's also carrying like, she's her own politics up. into it and it's like dude calm the fuck down it's interesting though because it's like she's basically taking up with xavier's ex which is like exactly what you would do in that situation yeah, just to right. fuck with your ex be like okay well I'm just gonna go hang out with your ex-boyfriend who's even more of an activist than you because you made me do this you made it's me like, be like this I don't know it's wild so I feel like the other thing to talk about here is just the entire storyline of Fabian Cortez which is like I don't know. I think it's done well here. I feel like there's a way to do this badly. And I don't think this episode did it where he could be shown as like all activists go too far. Like all of them are like this. And eventually all of these causes become dangerous. But I actually don't feel like they're doing that. I feel like they do a really good job of showing him as like this weird outlier who's like going rogue and like does just hate humans and is only in it for vengeance and is like allowing that vengeance to color his ability to figure out that he's actually safe at this point and like he should just be appreciating what Magneto's fought for and like moving on but he can't he like isn't able to do that and instead is like allowing that to color his actions whereas Magneto is shown as being very extreme but like ultimately reasonable in his positions and like consistent and like not necessarily acting just out of emotion I totally agree I don't know I I just liked that like I liked that it wasn't shown that Magneto was like a dumbass. I mean, I'm sad that he's being taken advantage of by Fabian Cortez, but like it seemed believable to me. And it's also yeah. like a sadly real thing that happens where like you are influenced by the people around you in activism. And like, sometimes you do like try something on for a while and be like, is this a thing I think like, is this how far I want to go? And then right. you're like, no, I don't, I don't agree with yeah, that it, part of it. And I liked that. And I, I something I liked about Magneto about, about this that we kept revisiting is that he kept on being like, I don't want to kill humans. Like he's yeah. like, he's now he, he's like, I he wants will to kill do humans it. Who are killing mutants. Right. Well, I was going to say, Maggie is like, he's like, I will do that. <laughs> he, I mean, he's like, I will kill humans if I have to, but really I'm just standing up for mutant rights, but I'm yes. like, I'm going to fight back. So he's like, he's like, it, he, I mean, he came into the UN and he was basically like, this I mean, is what I'm doing. he did crash through the ceiling, but he had a very polite PowerPoint <laughs> I mean, he really did. But here's the thing <laughs> is that, like, he, he, I, I, li- I loved that he went to the slave island and fucking yes. killed the enslavers and then, like, freed the slaves. That was great. But also th- that everyone saw that and they're like, oh, Magneto is a killer. And it's like, Magneto's like, no, I only kill who I have to kill. Yeah. Like, you know, it's People like. People who will not if stop enslaving right, if, people. If, 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 there, if, there's some, if there's a whole like fucking nation or like i don't know island dedicated 
to enslaving people and these people are okay with doing that and then when we show up to free them they're like no we need to like keep our slaves like maggie's like fuck that i'm gonna fucking kill these guys because like what fucking worth do they have left in humanity at this point but like you know it's like and i find that interesting because it's like magneto has always been somebody who's like they always like oh magneto goes too far but it's like he's like i literally like even in the comic books he just kills who has to kill like it's not Mm -hmm. and and it's funny because emma frost is kind of the same way but she kind of gets away with it a little bit better uh (laughs) than magneto does because she also i think i think i think emma frost has a little bit more political diction than magneto does she's got a little bit more of the like social skills social manipulation stuff whereas magneto i think can't turn it off i think magneto like gets too far into his own trauma that Mm. he like gets angry very quickly right so you know like his flaw which i feel like is also depicted here in some ways again with politics we're dealing with magneto who survived the holocaust and now he's here trying to free a bunch of people who had also been in prison so like that's his whole deal but it's interesting that despite all of that trauma and the obvious emotional investment he has in like saving other mutants he still doesn't agree with Fabian Cortez and is like, this isn't about vengeance. Like this is just about getting us out of this bad situation. And once we've done that, that is where we end things. Like, I'm not just going to kill humans for the sake of it, which is part of why the fucking live action X-Men apocalypse movie is so bad. Oh my God. I know portrayal of Magneto is like, it's so fucked. Because well, all, that's what he does the in movies. that movie. I know, but that one is the one where like they take him to Auschwitz and he like puts his hands on the ground and then is like, now I have to kill all humans. And it's like, what are you doing? I, I don't know. That was I, so I much. Know. And it was it was ridiculous. And I feel like this episode is like a reminder of how you can do Magneto well. You can still have him be a flawed character. You can still have him be like taken in by, in this case, Fabian Cortez's powers and being like, I believe I can use this person's powers to my benefit, but not necessarily listen to their absurd politics where like clearly this person is just in it because they're in it for vengeance and that's it and so he believes he can do that but sometimes you can't do that sometimes you can't just take the good with the bad and a person is going to betray you so i don't know i think it's i think it's interesting and it's realistic and i liked the episode as I, I sad too. And intense as it is right and i think there's just a lot of good politics here and i, I think magneto's politics are well displayed in this episode which i mean they always have been but this one has just been so direct and we've we're able to see like who he actually is as a character because now we dealt with another character who does straight up want to just like fucking kill everybody you know right and like it's a more interesting like i would also say i feel like fabian cortez's motivations as thin as they are in this app i still understand them better than like apocalypse i, I mean because that's same. Same. in I mean, fabian's like, huh? case i'm like i get exactly why he wants to kill all humans it's because he's fighting the oppressors but it's gotten to a point where he doesn't even see any like he, yeah, he like ally. can't look back like at he this can't point. even look at some humans as being potential allies whereas right. magneto like you know, he's not a dumbass, but he's willing to concede like there are going to be some humans who are able to help the cause, even if they don't get to live on Asteroid M forever. Right, right. But like Fabian is not there. He's just like, no, kill all humans. No, pretty it. much. And there's a, OK, so there's a couple more politi- political spots that we can talk about. Um, One, we could talk about Gambit here and like, yeah. what's his deal? Like, you know, Gambit is somebody who's always lived in the gray area. Like he's a criminal, but he's also like a freedom fighter. But like he doesn't have any loyalties to anyone, really. But he's he does kind of want to try and do the right thing. And that is true to him in the comic books too. I mean, he's the leader of the thieves guild basically. And like, but he's still like, kind of as like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a criminal. I'm going to do the wrong thing, but also like I have a heart, you know, he's out for himself, but I feel like he's also shown here to be out for his friends, which I think is 
more character development than we've seen for Gambit. Like, no, I agree. And I, I think this Slave is a more... Island? Yeah. Like in Slave Island, Gambit was ready to sell out the X-Men and fucking no, leave. No, he was. But also in this, I think this is a more vulnerable side of Gambit that we haven't yeah, seen before where he's presenting this like, political view in which he's kind of like... You know, I'm a freedom fighter, but also like I've been fighting a long time. And, and like, he's like, I'm kind of tired and I also don't see what's happening. But also is what Magneto is doing. Is that a sham? Like he's yeah. like something I really love about Gambit and Wolverine, but it works better in Gambit's for, for Gambit because Wolverine always gets fucking ragey and he like he loses his like point <laughs> yeah. of his perspective. I think that's part of why they chose Gambit for this particular episode is the, the sort of point of view. Yeah, character. he can sniff at that. Gambit can sniff that shit out. If he's like, something's not right here, yeah. I'm going to check it out. Like, I'm going to figure out what my opinion is. And yeah. Wolverine's the same way, but Wolverine like halfway will get halfway and then he just starts screaming and killing dudes. Like, that's like his deal. <laughs> Uh, like Wolverine would have killed Fabian Cortez like in the fucking I mean, docking honestly bay. that would have been useful but it wouldn't have provided a great episode <laughs> I know um, Gambit is a little sneakier and he's like I'm gonna wait and see like where everything like, we, yeah we don't know goes. what's happening yet like yeah. Gambit's and it, I'm sure Gambit's gonna help them escape I don't know we'll figure that of course. out of course he is and he'll probably come back home and ultimately be like, I want to stay and fight another day with the X-Men. But I thought it was really cool that they had that brief conversation with Rogue and Beast where all three of them were like, honestly, maybe fuck this. Like, yeah, we've been I know. fighting as the X-Men for an extremely long time. And we're, are we advancing the cause? Like, they start having this little right. existential and I crisis, lo- I, I kind of loved I that. I liked it a lot. And I really liked that all three of them agreed, as opposed to one of them being like, no, guys, we should we should stick it out. I well, they were it just was... like, They were just like, we're so tired, you know? Yeah, and I just honestly, I believed it. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, think about how we have all had to fight for our rights. Like I know. In, in, like, in the gay community alone. If M existed, like, I'd probably go. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't... See, here's the thing is that, like, I don't know because, like, yeah. you and I were not... We, I mean, we were always pro the LGBT community, but, like, it took us a while to actually be, like, comfortable being out and about where True. at the time that we were... Because, like, when we were younger, right, we were both people who kind of were out to certain people, but for the mm-hmm. most part didn't really start coming out publicly until our 20s because it wasn't safe to do so yet. And, like, it was just sort of starting to be that way at that point. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like, like crazy how much of that stuff has happened in our lifetimes. We talk about it a lot on the show, but like I don't feel like our younger listeners understand like the extent to which this particular I mean, cause they don't. They has don't. advanced like within Ryan's and my lifetimes. It's like crazy. Like, like okay, okay remember- when we were kids, okay, like when we were kids, like the gay community, anybody. Well, that- first of all, you couldn't get married, but right. also like also you couldn't be out. Like that you was a thing. Be out, but also like I remember gay marriage getting legalized when I was like in my teens like i wasn't like a thing that i grew up with which a lot of kids now they're like of course you can get married that's ridiculous that you wouldn't i know but there was like a period of time and like okay so like the 80s like everybody was using scare tactics on the gay community being like if you're gay you're gonna fucking die from aids and then in the 90s it was like okay we're gonna be a little bit nicer about this but if you're gay you need to get kicked out and live on the streets and like yeah for yourself and then the 2000s, it sort of started to change. Like, I they're feel kind like of- the other thing that I think about a lot is like when I watch old television shows, like you and I both love watching sitcoms like Golden Girls or whatever, and they'll do episodes where like a character is revealed to be gay. And like usually, you know, we watch progressive shows, but it's like... It was still kind of like watch, a joke character. It'll be a joke character or it'll be like a super serious, intense episode where everyone's like worried about them. And it's yeah. like, how is this going to affect their life? They're gay. And like, it'll be like a very special episode that's 
it's like about that or something. But like you watch TV now and it's like so far ahead of that. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And it's, you know, it's and got a ways it's to go. not as good as it could be. Like it could be so much better, but like, I don't know. It's just even within my lifetime, I there's so many shows now that are like actually about queer right. characters right. that just show them being themselves. And you know what's really funny is that everyone's like there needs to be more queer characters in there TV, do, which but it's so great. But now like it's that totally different. I was gonna say it's like I'm like well, first of all, there are queer characters on TV, which that wasn't a thing growing up, and so it like, wasn't a thing like as recently as ten years ago. Even it's like right. Not, I and, don't know. Okay, so and, and anyway, my point being, if we if we were out fighting that fight. For the gay community, which I think to some degree we were, especially when we got involved with the convention scene, because that's really kind of like, I, or at least I did, I started stepping yeah. up and I started kind of being like more of an activist and be like, no, we deserve rights and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, if I want to get married one day, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. I can see how, you know, eventually these the X-Men and the mutants are like, no, maybe fuck this. If we can leave the planet and stop being like persecuted, that'd be right. fucking great. And it's like... And I, I know that we talk a lot about this on the show, and it's like, but like recently, especially in the past six months, because like you know I, I've started seeing somebody, and so like when we are out in public, we introduce ourselves to people like as our partner, which mm-hmm. we couldn't do like ten years ago. I think about which that is a fucking lot. crazy to think about. But also like, so like we'll be at the bar or whatever, and like people will be talking to us, and they're like, my partner, they're like, oh, we didn't know you were gay, and I was like, yeah, and they're like, that's cool, and it's like. A, they don't know, and also, like, the younger generation, they just don't care. And another important thing, and now I'm just going into, like, gay politics, but, like, (laughs) so, so, like, a lot of people in their 40s and 50s in the past, like, five years, like, there's been a huge resurgence of people coming out of the closet that are, like, way older than us. Mm -hmm. And so now, and I I can kind of see where they're coming from with the X-Men on this, because it's like, okay, so, like, they want to leave because they just want to go be themselves. And, like, that's kind of what Amelia's point is, but, like, she does it really poorly, you know? She does it really poorly, and I feel like in the case of the X-Men, I mean, the X-Men is depicting a version of society that is, like, it's very depressing. It's like, if our society heads in the way that we all don't want it to head, and, you know everyone loses all the rights that we've fought so hard to get or whatever. And that continues. I mean, it's already happening. Okay. Well, you know, that, I mean? you know what? Also, we need to take an, into account that this episode was aired in 1995. So you have right. to think about what the politics right. were that they were basing shit on at the time. Well, so they if were you basing it on a lot of different things, they were basing it on like racism. There's obviously like slavery in this episode. So there's a pretty obvious racism allegory. I feel like some of the queer allegory stuff is more obvious to me with Amelia's character and like the idea of being like, I just, wanted to live quietly yeah and, like not come out as a or mutant. even yeah and also magneto i kind of falls in that category also right, right and like magneto obviously there's like the holocaust analogy which isn't even a metaphor in his case because it's like he's persecuted for being jewish you're not kidding there's just so many different perspectives there's a lot of different things that are being shown so here. there's also another politic here where the humans are terrified of all the mutants going into space which is like, interesting to me so like imagine if there right. was like a kind of like a cold war like nuclear war fear thing where it's yeah. like if you become too powerful like this if any group of marginalized people becomes too powerful that we need to get rid of them like that actually kind of reminded me of like stories about like the black panther party which like if a group of marginalized people becomes powerful enough that they actually are like being a voice of hope for people and like doing things for people that help them then the oppressors are going to be like we got to shut this shit down no like, and then also, right i know and then and interesting enough we have like uh, president kelly who 
whose whole campaign was anti mutants, and then he became like a president. Pro he was like, mutants. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like people are flipping out at him, being like, "What are you going to do about this? You said you didn't like mutants." And Senator Kelly is like calling Xavier up, being like, "I don't know what the fuck to even do now. Like, I yeah. was not expecting to be in this position." It's interesting. And, 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 yeah. Okay, one other thing. It's not a politic in this, but relatable to this episode is that we all know. You know, like I'm a big Marvel fan. Marvel's my thing, but I also am a fan of DC. I don't, I don't like go like, oh, which one's better? Like, mm-hmm. I, they're both both good. Justice League Unlimited was one of the best shows ever written on television. It's great. It's a great show. And they had a similar situation where, you know, they had the Justice League station up in the sky, yep. and there was a giant missile attached to it. And Amanda Waller is the character who's like, you know, you act so cool, like you're helping us, Batman, but who's protecting us from you? Like, you guys are sitting up there with a fucking missile. You could shoot down at us. Uh, right. This is why I love Amanda Waller, by the way. It's because she kind of, like, challenges the theory that, right. like, superheroes I mean, aren't case, good. The but the asteroid is very different because it's, like, right. these super-powered characters yeah. who aren't yeah, oppressed a, in the same way as the mutants are. No, no yeah. they aren't. But the thing is that eventually that the space station gets controlled of by somebody else and it does right. shoot down at them. And, like, so it's a similar politic where it's, like, okay, so, like, the people on Earth are now terrified that these people with powers are above Earth and they're grouping together up there. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to fucking shoot shoot down the planet or what are they going to do so the humans are freaking out but there's also mutants who are not going up there because they don't want to live that life they just want to live like normally like amelia does but now they're terrified that the mutants are going to kill other mutants you know right yeah but that's exactly why magneto wouldn't want to do that is because he knows there are still mutants on earth i mean like what is he going to do destroy them oh i don't don't know know. i know okay i'm going to just point out that this is the longest politics section we've ever had it's like been 20 (laughs) minutes and if you're still with us thank you but like you know that 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 was this episode is so political though i mean there's some there have been other very political episodes but this one just really pulled from everything and honestly i really love this episode i thought it was very good like it was not funny which is you know i i I don't think it would have worked if it was but it's it's very good and i was impressed and like got me thinking and i was like okay so this episode cuts deep let's go so yeah do you want to rate the episode by the way well, yeah, since we're here, we can. And I've just got to start up get a five out of five. I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah, I I'm really give enjoyed it. A five it. as well. <laughs> Clearly, we always like the political episodes on the we show. We do, but we also Magneto love Magneto episodes. episodes and usually, when there's a political episode, it's a Magneto episode. So we get like a two for. Another five out of five, Sinister Boardly sitting in his throne in that one shot. <laughs> He's but, like, so this fucking annoyed. Still oh has my god. Sinister in it, which, like, honestly, bless him. Also, by the way, the Nasty Boys are standing there in that shot as well, which Well, we that's because they mention. all just finished trying to be a giant orgy it's together really funny. that's actually it's... why he's borders because he's very tired from all the cum so yeah i mean i don't know what section we're on we could do the gay section we well no let's go else. let's see who's that next one so like we can get that out of the way okay sure all right ready mm-hmm. who's that x-men today we are talking about fabian cortez and who Yay. the fuck this guy is and if you think he's annoying now he just continues to get more annoying but he's not around that often so yeah this will be nice be and short really short at least so <laughs> he was created by chris claremont and jim lee and his power is to enhance mutant powers or take them away whichever he wants like whatever mm-hmm. like he doesn't have the ability to heal anybody uh he was thought to be royalty from spain and 
At one point, Fabian Cortez organizes the original Alkalites who pledge themselves to Magneto, and we got to see that here. Yeah. Uh, he manipulates Magneto into combat with humanity and the X-Men, and then he leads many of the Alkalites to their own deaths, including his own sister, Anne-Marie, uh, which I, might be the other redhead in here. I don't remember. You can look it up. The, I think the other redhead is named Carmella, but I don't know who that <laughs> Carmella sounds is. like a nice candy bar, but okay. Mm. Um so after Magneto is believed to be dead, Cortez recruits a group of alkaloids in his name, in Magneto's name. Uh, they attack humans, they kill a bunch of helpless humans at hospitals just because they're too weak to actually attack real humans. Uh, I know, and eventually Magneto comes back from the dead, and he sends Exodus to inform the alkaloids of Fabian Cortez's betrayal, and so they all leave Fabian Cortez at that point. So Fabian then flees to Genosha and convinces the mutant population to start a civil war in Magneto's name against the humans. So... Cortez also kidnaps Magneto's granddaughter, Luna, which is Quicksilver's kid, um, mm-hmm. intending to use her as a shield against Magneto when he comes to attack Genosha. And Cortez is unaware that at the time that Xavier had mind-wiped Magneto. So, like, as 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 Xavier does, by the way. <laughs> so he's expecting Magneto to fucking show up, but he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, instead, Exodus shows up, and he's, like, seemingly kills Cortez, but it's comic books, and then they find a reason to bring him back later. So Cortez appears later. He's badly injured. He manipulates Joseph, which is a clone of Magneto who was around in the 90s, to pose as Magneto and pits him against Exodus to regain control of the Alkalites. Despite his failure, he is he like he doesn't manage to do it. Like he fails. Uh, they still let Fabian Cortez join the team for some reason. I don't know why they do it. Like that's stupid. He must be super charming because he's like such an idiot. I across don't the board. fucking know. Uh, so months later, the Alkalites split up into two groups, searching for Magneto. Cortez led one group, but during a battle with the X Men, they abandoned him because they found out that Cortez was manipulating the team yet again. You know, it's kind of like. You know this guy's an asshole. Stop being his friend. Stop, stop getting in a relationship him in with him. Don't things. go back dating somebody that's this fucking toxic and manipulative. Uh, <laughs> Easier said than done, as we all right. know. So then Cortez was rec- recruited by Magneto when the United Nations get- gave Magneto control of Genosha. And Magneto's like, he knows that Fabian Cortez betrayed him, but he's like, you know, if I can control the situation, he can amplify my powers. So uh, Cortez then betrays Magneto yet again, and Magneto's like, "Fuck this!" Like, you, there's no hope for you. So he takes Ma- like Cortez and with his magnet powers, or whatever, and sends him 50 miles in 20 seconds, and just instantly course kills Cortez. He just like fucking explodes on impact. Good. Uh, and there's like, but then just like side note, they're like, as he's dying, they're like, also the reason why he keeps coming back is that he might have a connection to Mister Sinister, but we're just not going to explore that. Good. Good. <laughs> uh, so Fabian Cortez does come back when Celine does the resurrection of all the dead mutants in Necrotia, and she resurrects them with a techno-organic virus, so she's actually mind-controlling them, and she mind-controls them to go set, hunt down Magneto. Uh, it's like Cortez and a couple of their alkalites. Uh, they try to torture Loa to get information out of her, but she hides in a room where Deadpool is there, and Deadpool forces Loa to kill Cortez and all the alkalites. That's like a crazy story, but I do like the Necrosis storyline, so you should check that out. Um, and then finally, the techno-organic virus seems to resurrect Fabian Cortez, uh, and he joins the upstarts and tries to kill members of the Nasty Boys to lure Cyclops and the X-Men out. This was very recent. And they battle in this upstairs retreat. We don't know where Fabian Cortez is currently. So that's it. That's Fabian Cortez for you. He's a piece of shit. Well, uh, fuck Mary Kill. He can go on the kill list. Yeah. Also, it does seem like this episode is accurate to what kind of person he is. So yes. at least there's that as well. So who's gay? Yeah. Let's see who's gay. The X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things. 
there's a lot of gay in this. I, I mean, mostly... I mean, I, I, I want to say Magneto, honestly. Magneto is very gay. I, I mean, it's sad if he's attracted to Fabian Cortez. It's like an additional sad motivation for him to keep this fucking idiot around. I I don't like the ship, but I believe it, I guess. Yeah. Like, it, it tracks. I mean... Oh, you're right. It does track. Also, Xavier and Magneto still have all of their gay baggage, and their entire thing reads a lot more logically if they're exes, which obviously they canonically are. So we I don't mean, yes. need to explain that they're gay for each other, because of course they are. And also, the whole thing where Magneto is like inviting Xavier to dinner with Fabian and everything, I was like, this is extremely... This is, this is extremely like, Jay. Come hang out with me and my new partner and like see how cool my life is now without you on my like cool asteroid yeah it's like, are you it's jealous very bad. yeah and it just feels like magneto has something to prove where he's wearing his little like pajama set and everything <laughs> i don't know i it was super gay and also like gambit is gay for byron because oh my not? god he's so gay for byron it's like it must be one of his exes because gambit has a lot of them also why would you fly all the way into space i mean that's like a lot and also rogue kind of calls that out she's like why are you going and again it's like no reason i just want to get a my dick sucks since you can't do that but i'm not going to tell you that goodbye yeah you know? it's it's fun am i forgetting anybody else um I, I mean really it was just gambit going after byron i think i feel fabian cortez is kind of gay himself but really i i give the winner and the tats off to xavier and magneto because they are it's, it's just like they're it's magneto and xavier it's the same shit that they do all the time where it's like i know it's like will they won't they cat and mouse but we fucked once will we fuck again nobody fucking knows and it's like <laughs> we the answer is disagree about politics but like we also sometimes we're like agree fucking on you things. know it's it's like the thing is that we like really care for each other and honestly magneto's so fucking great in bed like we just have great bed chemistry but then we start talking <laughs> politics and xavier opens his mouth and i just want him to fucking die <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the problem is that the president is always a Skype call away for Xavier and Magneto just doesn't respect him for that. Like, it's just like, why are you working with the president, dude? We got to get out of here. Yeah, nothing, I know. Nothing can be solved there. Yeah. Anyway, good old asteroid M. Do we have any reader mail? Uh, Yes, we do. All right. So reader mail. So our first reader mail is from Drake. And Drake writes... Hey, Maddie and Ryan, just wanted to share with you that I misremembered the Beyond Good and Evil episodes as ending with Bender turning into Apocalypse. It makes no sense, but neither does anything else in that last episode. So maybe that's what should have happened instead of the introduction of a random character. Thoughts? Probably. Also, also, I was rewatching Demon a few weeks ago and was wondering if you could shed some light on the theory that it all takes place in Robbie's head. See you next time. We actually talked about this a lot in our Slack that is just me and Ryan. Uh, Well, let's answer the X Men question first. So, would have it made more sense if, like, it turned out to be a different character? If Bender turned out to be Apocalypse or anybody else? Honestly, it wouldn't have made more sense if he turned out to be Apocalypse. I'll go ahead and say that because he is working against Apocalypse, especially at the end of the episode when he finally reveals what the heck is going on. He takes a really long time. Oh, to I mean, do I was going to say, like, but... what's the purpose of Bishop and Better even hanging out in the four partner? Because I really feel like they didn't need to be there, but whatever. I don't think so either. Was it that Bishop just needed to, like, shoot Psylocke down from the sky and that was his whole purpose? I don't know. I guess, but I feel like any character could have done that. Like, Wolverine totally could true. have swooped up there and been like, let me get the psychics down. Or like, I don't know, he could have made Sinister accidentally shoot them down in that fight scene or like any number of other possible outcomes. Like, right. It really felt like that entire four-parter didn't need to be four parts and was just a series of things that were there to kill time. Like, I agree. Ha, 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 It's about killing time in a oh, fucking time travel God. episode. The fucking clock's going to explode again. Seriously, that is how that episode felt. 
I don't feel like there's a version of Bender that could logically be any character because Bender himself did not need to be in the app. So I, like, I agree. And it turned out to be Exodus. And I was like, why? All right. It turned out to be Immortus. It doesn't matter, but it's Immortus. Oh, yeah. Did I say Exodus? I meant say Immortus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's my okay. God. It doesn't there's matter. There's too many fucking characters in the X-Men. <laughs> so I, I just think it would have been better if it was nobody at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, okay. First, the other question re- pertaining to Demon. For our listeners that may not know what Demon is... On our YouTube channel, which is the Mutant Ages, uh, Maddie yeah. and I posted these old X Men parody movies that we made in our teens. Yeah. I mean, arguably, they have nothing to do with the X Men or parodies, but they're still funny to watch, they and exist. we we watched them and reacted to them. And like, so, you know, so Ryan is playing a character named Bobby Flake, or no, Robbie, Robbie Flake? Flake, also known Not as Bobby. Snowman. Yes, so he's Iceman essentially, but he's a parody of Iceman. And for some reason, in our version, Iceman turns out to be like kind of a bad guy who. Well, like, he also like a split personality is Mister Sinister. Well, it's like a split personality, but it's like a fantasy version of that, where like an entire other person is like living inside of his body that he can like transform completely into, like complete with an outfit <laughs> change. So it's like okay, sure, I guess. And like that other person is essentially like a Mister Sinister meets the Joker or whatever kind of a weird I, I mean I don't know what's happening but during like our commentary when we were reacting to it that we have on YouTube I'm like should we explain how we think a lot of this is all in Robbie's head and Maddie goes no <laughs> and we're like and this was years ago like when we sh- I think we shot this in 2015 where we like did a reacts to it and like I, now years later Maddie we have to explain this I don't know if that was even a real thing we thought or if we were just kidding while we were well okay so we, it, the but... thing is that we watched both Demon and D2 because we of course made a sequel right, with more of our friends there's a sequel to it and like apparently there's all these fucking show notes because the thing is that Maddie and I watched it and we were like we don't know what these movies were even about so like i went back well, and Demon i was like has a sort of internal logic but d2 is just bonkers and i think okay the thing is that that robbie's character there's a scene in demon where he is sitting at the bar with this girl that he ends up fighting who is in his yeah head. because it's supposed to be a fight club, a fight parody. club parody but of like course. then that shit keeps, keeps on happening and like we were yes. i think we were looking back at the notes and i i might be misremembering this at this point because it was like years ago when we kind of looked back on it i don't know if it was actually in the notes or if it was just a headcanon that the two of us came up with where we thought it would be funny if all of it was in robbie's head completely yeah because like at the very end of the movie robbie looks to the camera and like does a summary of everything that happened and it's like <laughs> how is that even possible unless it's a story that robbie is telling that's like not real yeah and at the and since we've already established that robbie has characters inside of his head you could just say that the entire movie is inside of robbie's head but so here's the other thing about as much sense as anything else I, th- does. I think what we were referencing in that scene is that okay so the person that's sitting next to robbie is steph who's played yes. rouge in the in the movie so it just looks like fucking rouge but yes. like when we went back at the notes i was like okay so his split personality oh my god i'm trying to explain our canon for a stupid parody movie uh so <laughs> in the notes the original like what i had written for us to show him which is nearly impossible because we were teaching with no equipment or money yeah. uh, was that there was a scene where Gambler was in a lab that is presumably Dr. Devious's lab but we didn't know who Dr. Devious was until the second movie by the way Dr. Devious is the Mr. Sinister character who Robbie becomes I just feel right. like we may as well say that of course his name is Dr. Devious of course it is I did, I'm glad I didn't re-explain that so basically <laughs> the, in that scene that we never shot is like Gambler yep. is in there gets the mutagen Gambler is Gambit by the way I don't know if I don't know if everyone got no, that no 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 of course not and so anyway 
So basically, he is there, and the he steals the mutagen that gets into the sewers and goes into the rats, like Resident Evil style. Mutations. It's very like Inhumans. It's not even mutants. There's a big explosion, right? There was supposed to be a big explosion. Also, Rouge was written in that scene to be like, and they're trying to steal it because she worked for the government, but we weren't sure she was good or bad because she kind of played like this rogue, also mystique type of character. So like, even though we had a mystique character. Uh, I know. And so basically, like, so the point being is that, like, in that scene where Robbie is sitting there saying, oh, there was an explosion, I lost my apartment, and, like, he sees this girl, Martha, or whatever her name yes. is. or who he thinks, Who yeah. looks like Rouge. It's because they were supposed to have already encountered each other, and also the explosion was actually not his apartment, it was his lab. And, like, we just never went down there. But the whole point that that even came up is because before like we watched- I feel now getting that. Like, just now. Uh, the thing is that Demon wait, apparently I set things think, up. Okay, no, wait. I'm, like, losing my mind. So the explosion in Robbie's apartment that he describes in that scene was supposed to be Dr. Devious's lab? I don't think I knew that. But I think I think we were supposed to reveal that in D2, but that we didn't. We and it didn't. Was like, we didn't re- okay, but we didn't reveal that. anything in D2, so that's okay. Okay, but then Demon actually makes a lot more sense with that information, because up until now, <laughs> I always thought that that's scene in the bar i i don't i don't know if i'm gonna include all this in the episode because this is like 20 minutes of us explaining i don't know just leave it movie but like whatever <laughs> that but we made you guys can go watch it on youtube by the people way people should watch it because now it's gonna make a lot more sense to you i didn't even realize that that scene in the bar was relevant but now i get why it is I mean, I because think it's, it's supposed to be the teaser that robbie is actually dr devious and the explosion of his apartment was his lab which causes the mutagen which mutates everybody in the area including rouge and atomica but like i didn't explain that listen my writing was not good well i mean like i i was writing told me this and i just completely forgot about it okay but also let's let's be real back when we were doing like the screenplay read-throughs of this with the groups both time nobody's paying attention but i remember caro like who was playing day (laughs) creeper in d2 just kept on going i don't understand what's happening (laughs) and i was like it's fine don't worry about it you just kept saying it was fine, even though like no one understood the script. Like all the actors in those movies, all of us were like, "Ryan, we don't know what we're saying. We don't know what these lines." Are. <laughs> okay, like, I tried too hard. Okay, so this is also also if you guys have ever like. Okay, so we also had that podcast where we we did a read reading of the Dark Crystal, which or yes. the Legend of the Dark Crystal, which was a p- bad script I, mean, I wrote. That movie actually did make a certain kind of sense, though. Well, but I, the point being is that during that time, like I've got, I, I mean, Maddie you know that I've become a much like I'm actually a very good screen screenplay writer back then but when I was 15 I was not like let's be real and so that's why that is why those comments happen in your movies anyway because honestly the fact that we even made those movies I'm still proud of us because it's crazy like oh my god we do that I don't know all right, anyway. we're gonna move on from this though, because we're like we're in I our know. own I'll cycle cut some of, of us. It out because it's way too long. Will you? I don't know. Okay, so I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I left all of it in, but maybe someone wanted to know all that stuff, and now now you know. So the next email we get is from Todd, who is uh, who has guested on this show before. Yay, and he, it's Todd, Todd writes in the subject line in all caps. You knew this was coming, so. <laughs> let's this there's a lot going on in here so uh todd writes hello maddie and ryan at last i'm sitting down to write the email i should have sent you weeks ago and because of your recording schedule by the time you read this on the air the episodes i'm talking about will have been a million years ago but whatever (laughs) uh 
I need you to know that there definitely, definitely have been official Marvel tabletop RPG systems, like five or six of them going back a really long time. The most Great. recent ones are, I think, the Marvel Universe role-playing game, which is which used some weird red and white stones thing to resolve actions, and the Marvel Heroic role-playing game, which went back to the dice. They've all <laughs> been kind of a mess on some level. Uh, you know what, Todd? I believe that. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need to try them in order to <laughs> guarantee that that's true. Uh, but I was in a long-term Marvel Universe RPG game a friend ran that was set around the Academy X comics time. And our PCs were a team of students in that setup. Cool. Our team was named the Awesomes, and our advisor was Bobby. I'm pretty sure nobody on the team was straight, and this was before Bobby ever came out in the comics. Anyway, <laughs> I played a bisexual Tahitian named Harley who could control time and who had been consistently reincarnated over a long time. Okay, that just sounds like Moria McTaggart now. No I offense, know, right? like you, you came up with the idea first. Marvel yeah. should be paying you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the entire game was very silly and fun. At one point, Mr. Sinister was revealed to be Simon Cowell. Oh, my God. What? That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and American Idol was a front for mutant eugenics. Okay, you know what? Whoa. That is something Mr. Sinister would totally do, though. Yeah, uh, it is. All the contestants were cloned, and the show was rigged. Good shit. Okay, I love this, and can we film this? Put it up <laughs> on the channel. Also, yeah. was not at all prepared to hear a reference to the Golden Palace of all things on the show, yet it actually <laughs> happened. That is wild. I'm kind of sad Golden Palace didn't work out because it feels a little unfair to Betty White, Rue McLennan, and Estelle Getty, who were all really excellent comedic actresses, which is mm -hmm. true. I guess once when you took the straight man dynamic of B. Arthur slash Dorothy from the equation, it didn't work quite as well. Right. True yeah. story. If you remember the show Empty Nest, that was a spinoff from Golden Girls too. The 80s were wild, man. Okay, also, yes, I didn't know that because I actually loved Empty Nest. And there's another <laughs> spinoff from Empty Nest called Nurses because the the father in Empty Nest worked at a, ho at a hospital and the nurses on that... The sassy nurses, they got their own show. That so, is crazy. It, golden, too okay, many fucking golden. But see, sitcoms did this back in the eighties where they were like there were just comic like books in the Golden Girls extended universe. Just like right. I mean like, like it's like comic books where it's just like a whole fucking universe, man. Like and they just kept on creating more shows based on like the popular characters and actors that people liked at the time. I mean, remember when fucking Joey from Friends got a show that nobody okay, cared that about? Never have happened. Though. I know. That was like the tail end of them doing stuff like that. I feel like that was when they were like, Maybe spinoffs are bad and we shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah right anyway todd writes i am of course enjoying your trip through the end of season four which so far has been a lot of both of you saying what the fuck is even happening and sometimes the character <laughs> saying what the fuck is even happening so it all works out keep up yep. the good work and see you next time uh Yay. all right so i still think that at some point we should do some rpg episodes mm -hmm. for the podcast and clearly we, we need to get should. todd on there to somehow direct it because we clearly don't know what we're doing i mean well, in general in life maybe it's something we could do remotely then because todd does not live in the same state as us no he doesn't know. apparently we're just deciding on the air that now todd has to do this project with us so todd if todd, you're, you're hired <laughs> okay so also here's the other thing that i want to question you medics i don't remember when i was referencing golden palace i know i did it but Wait, i don't remember what it was i don't think i i'm trying to remember what the context of it was i feel like we were talking about like adaptations or something or the fact that like this show was ending in an unsatisfying way and you were like speaking of things that are unsatisfying or something like that i don't actually remember the details of it. <sighs> I, I don't remember i i the thing is that i love golden girls and i think we we're talking about 
spinoffs or something. I cannot remember, but like it, it was something along those that that line of like you know like yeah. But like, this, when has an X Men property had a spinoff? Like, why would we have been talking about spinoffs? That I don't part know. I can't I quite clearly, remember. Todd oh, needs well, to write. It's too bad. There's no way for us to know. <laughs> I mean, we can't go back and listen to their episodes. <laughs> so the, uh, the I know that we talk about Golden Girls a lot on this show because everyone knows that Golden it's Girls is like on okay? my top five things Golden of all Girls time. Is queer culture. Well, but the, I mean, we were literally talking about it earlier, like you know, when we we're talking about our politics section and yeah. how the Golden Girls specifically, like, was dealing with like a lot of like more sensitive political stuff, and like they had a hard time right. navigating it because a lot of people go back and they're like, "Was this good?" Like, I know there was like the stuff with like uh, Dorothy's brother where he was like a cross-dressing gay man or something, right, but like yeah, it, is, that was those tough. Jokes are really cringy now. But the episode I was thinking of was um, so Blanche's brother is revealed to be gay, and that episode is interesting. But it is a similar thing. It's like it's an example of what I was talking about, where Blanche is so worried about him, and it takes her like two episodes to be like, "I guess it's okay." Wait, did you get to the episode where he gets married? Yeah. Okay, there's I've two episodes. I've watched the entire show. So. Okay, so there's the there's one episode where we meet when um, he comes out to her, and then there's yeah. like a later one where he comes back right, and he right, gets and like but then one where he comes out to Blanche, he's like, oh, she's like, I just don't want you to live a hard life. But first, she right. fights it. So the thing is that I actually love these episodes because Blanche's reaction to too. all these things, she's like, what society was thinking? She was she's like freaking out. She's like, you can't do this. There's something wrong with you. Because at the end of them, she was like, listen, I just care about you, and I don't want to see you hurt. I love you. If you love him, then like I I guess I understand. Like there's a great moment in that episode where like he turns to him and she's like Blanche what do you think of that guy because Blanche is a fucking whore and she's like well she, he's <laughs> hey, hot Blanche is perfect <laughs> I, I, I mean I love Blanche she's my favorite character on the show if there's somebody I relate to on the show it is Blanche but uh, yeah he's, she's like well she he's really hot and attractive and fucking like her brother's like yeah I think so too she's like okay I get it but then like she ha- she goes through all that again when her brother's getting married she's like it's not right it's not what's supposed to happen but then at the end she like resolves it and learns how to accept that and but like, that's just classic. It's like very classic of the time. I'm not saying Golden Girls is bad. I'm just saying no. like that's where we were at politically. Like right. we were at a place where an adult man didn't feel comfortable coming out to his adult sister. Like they're supposed to be in their 60s uh, yeah, by the time that I know. happens. It's like, and he comes out to her and he's afraid to come out to her. It, that's right. like that's what things were like then, which is like it's just interesting. It's not You know, it's actually really it interesting is, is that the writers did do a good job with that. But there were some episodes that were kind of like that apparently that <laughs> No, no, that apparently were like way worse, but like Estelle who played Sophia kept on fighting it being like, "Listen, like this is Don't do it." Yeah, yeah, like she's like she's like this is insulting to the community and like, you know, B Arthur and Betty White and uh Rue were all like, "Yeah, we're we're they they were very progressive about that kind of shit, which was kind of nice." That's so. really cool. Well, um, anyway, welcome to another episode of the Golden Girls. Excellent <laughs> episode. Okay, here's since we're in since the Golden Girls we're talking about it now. If the Golden Girls were the X Men, which characters would be the Golden Girls? Is my question. That's a reader mail I'm proposing right now. Since we're on oh a Golden Girls kick right now, or you could do it the other way and say which Golden Girl is which X Men. Like which of the X Men is? Well, I mean, like is that one of the same? Like I guess. I mean, it, I was thinking more like you know Gambit is Blanche and like I don't know. I mean, uh, that makes more sense. Of rogue being blanche rogue is not one of the golden girls i don't think um, no i, th- I think Gambit is blanche is b arthur and- <laughs> he's just annoyed by everybody <laughs> actually magneto is probably a Getty. 
yeah um, yeah and because because he's like the older one who they have to take well, care yeah, of. who's who honestly who's the straight man kitty pride maybe or maybe jubilee on some level it depends i mean uh, this is hard the x-men aren't actually that much like the golden girls unfortunately oh, oh my god emma frost is dorothy oh yeah that's perfect that's perfect yeah i don't know if there's anybody that could be betty white i mean like betty i mean like or rose i should say i don't i don't know yeah which of the x-men are dumb enough for that well not even it's dumb enough but like kind of like a, a small town like vibe to them like they're all like too complicated well anyway people can write in and let us know what they, they can think about let, that. yeah that's a great prompt email says the mutant agents at gmail.com so we have another twitter comment that says that somebody was just going back and they were like catching up and like so this is just their opinions episode 18 storm storm has a son it's canon for me now marvel sorry <laughs> episode 19 omega red i'm surprised how many eps so far have focused on wolverine's exes episode 22 time fugitives i remember this one time travel really messes with you too the metaphor of aids <laughs> flew over my head as a kid but yes this is a really resonant episode also it's eerie how much the show predicts the right-wing bs of our times True. Uh, episode 23 i love how time travel messes with you all ducking on cable <laughs> and bishop wolverine and cable scene and commentary as ever my favorite ryan thing what is happening and maddie when she loses it much wholesome content needed in these dark times all right Aww. and the final message we have is from the gay nerd pun who wrote to us on instagram and they write dear mutant ages i've been gleefully listening to the mutant ages for an entire year now bizarrely Noticing my post from above, it's literally been a year to the almost the day, and I was wondering if Ryan has a list of a handful of the queerest and kinkiest Mr. Sinister comic appearances. After falling in love with him thanks to your podcast and his recent appearances, I really need to dig into his past and his most fun and slutty gay history. Any recommendations are highly appreciated. Also, I'm only up to episode 19, so it's still 2017 your podcast. I'm slow, but I'm steady. Cool. Okay. Do so, you have recommendations or do you want to prepare them for next time? No, I, I really honestly thought about this. And like I can tell you, I the problem is I can't give you exact issue numbers to go and look up. I can just say, go look this shit up. I mean, yeah. first of all, you should go back and read anything with Mr. Sinister in the 80s because all of it is super gay. It introduced the concept of the Mon Nasty Boys. There's a lot of stuff with him and the Goblin Queen, also known as Madeline Pryor, in which they're both just like stripping men and like putting them into like weird, like slutty outfits. I literally <laughs> have a picture of that on my wall. I just love that one. He was not very relevant in the 90s, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, we. But like, I feel like the X-23 comic that I'm always referring oh to. Oh my god, I was about to go that there. That comic is like mega campy and like Yeah, it's has, the one where like Miss Sinister turns into Mr. Sinister and then like takes turns. But there's also a storyline in there with Gambit and Mr. Sinister, which is like oh, a pretty yeah. popular okay. pairing. Look, well, look up any of the Gambit comics cuz Mr. Yeah. Sinister basically like fucks Gambit. And then also the recent solo series with uh that was um Iceman Mr. Sinister was the main right, villain and he that. was so <laughs> ridiculous and like he was like dancing around in a ballroom in a suit yeah. and like now the time has come for the ball the waltz to start well because now they can just make Mr. Sinister as gay as he needs to be oh my god fine. I mean like I, there's a there's a panel I have of him where he's just sitting there like slash of going saying oh the law it's so trashy <laughs> I have that saved you sent I it to me I fucking love that um <laughs> There, there is that. There's the Uncanny X Men run that was around 2012, where there was this big fucking statue that appeared and nobody knew it was as big head, and then suddenly a diamond appeared on it, and Mister Sinister like came in and gated up, and also cloned everyone, and like we were like, dude, Mister Sinister, what are you doing? Yeah. That is really good. 
I, uh, but like really like go and read anything from the eighties. Cause like, that's where it started in, in the past, like 10 years, not even they've like made him extra queer because they were like, okay, Mr. Sinister is obviously a gay man. So let's just like run with this. And like, it's been really fun when they've done that. Somebody posted recently and I can't find it now, but it's like in the latest episode issue of house of X, they revealed the mutant council and it's like mm. 12 mutants who like make decisions for the mutant population of Krakoa or whatever. And like mm-hmm. Mr. Sinister is on that time. Uh, on that team and somebody just like posted bless mr sinister for being that bitch who calls everybody out and it's just like everybody's sitting there and he's just like like something's happening to Sabretooth, and like gene like makes him like go comatose and mr sinister is just like i have to say it's the drool that really brings the whole outfit together this is fun what's what's next somebody shock me like he's just (laughs) such a bitch and i fucking love him Amazing. Um, yeah, he was also recently in like the Uncanny X Men run that was just happening that was kind of bad, and like he showed up in that, and he was like, "Oh, I'm just so wonderful. Try a little harder, X Men." It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I love Mister Sinister. He's gay, and I think we need to start that petition again for me to play him in the MCU. Thank you, <laughs> and you can email all your comments to themutantages at gmail dot com. Oh, are we at the plug section finally? I just, well, we were talking about Mister Sinister, so butt plugs, Mister Sinister. We're in the plugs. Let's go. Great. You know what else we have is every form of social media known to mutant kind <laughs> from <laughs> Pinterest to Facebook, to Instagram, to Tumblr, to Twitter, which I believe is still what we use most often, although we do use those other ones. So we're the mutant ages on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella. And you can go and leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to our show. You can just either give us a star rating or you can like write us a nice little comment that goes a long way for it does. Uh, increasing our visibility to uh, other people that want to listen to the show. And you can tell your friends if you like this yeah. show. Tell your friends about this show if they like the X-Men and even if they don't. And if you really like the show and have some spare cash lying around, you could give it to us via our Patreon, patreon.com slash the mutant ages. And at certain levels, you can get access to bonus episodes of the show and music and all kinds of cool rewards. So you should definitely check that out. Yeah, we're a completely fan supported show. So like by supporting us on Patreon, you're just supporting the show directly to keep us moving and like doing more stuff. And uh, you can go check out our YouTube channel. And this is where a big thing comes from, because obviously, you know, the the Patreon helps post uh, helps pay for our, our hosting fees and all that. But if you go to our YouTube channel, we're playing through every X-Men video game ever. And that does cost money. And whenever we make any kind of like additional content to put up on YouTube, a video form that is usually costs a little bit more. So. Uh, But mostly, like, we're completely fan-supported shows. So by subscribing to our Patreon, you're supporting us directly, and we would be very thankful for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, So is that it? What did we forget? Anything? I think we're done. I think that's all the plugs. I think we made it through this episode. It was all politics, but, you know, it's been nice. This has been a more serious episode with some splash of the Golden Girls talk in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah and you know what it's not over we're gonna have the second half of sanctuary it's probably gonna be more politics more magneto i'm pretty excited about it i'm psyched that we're watching a good arc of this show it has been way too long yeah i agree so, season four has been kind of a has been kind of a mess step. but you know, know. what i want to fuck magneto so i'm just gonna leave it at that and say see you x time and i'm off to fuck magneto and wolverine and cable and the entire cast of the x-men Oh, wow. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time in the X-Orgy. Pretty busy night ahead. The Mutant